Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and I am joined, as always, with Justin and Michael. You can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, conventions, pop culture, technology, and more. We have our quarterly magazine, Skewed and Reviewed the Magazine, which is available at various outlets, and we are working on the September issue currently. You can catch us at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L central.com, keyword skewed, which is a network of 12 newspapers in 21 markets where we do game reviews and other content. And last but not least, you can catch me each week on KSWFM's DJ Shea's Geek Nation as we do a segment covering all the latest entertainment news. And obviously there's syndication. We're on everything from Smash bomb to sci-fi radio where you can get a simulcast of this show you can go to uh, n4g lots of places so a lot of good stuff to cover and what we're going to do this week is we're going to bring you up to speed on some things that uh, came out during the week of interest and then of course um, talk about a little travel and then the big topics today which are going to be some uh, really interesting entertainment news uh, for the video game world. First off, speaking of video games, what we're looking at this week is we had a couple of DLCs come out, and the first was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands released their fourth DLC, Shattering Spectre Glass. Now, this is uh, very entertaining, but like uh, the previous three DLCs, pretty quick, you can play through it in about an hour. Um, I was able to do that. You know, that has been one of the questions some people point out a couple areas of the game that they thought perhaps were intended to be DLC but were added in to uh, pad out the length of the game. Some people have said the DLC is a little short, but there's plenty of loot, there's plenty of action, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I was able to go through it and really enjoyed it. Curious to see where they're going to go from here because there were only unannounced four DLCs. Um, but, you know, Borderlands 3 got more than they had originally announced. Uh, but we'll see. Rainbow Six Extraction has revealed their new uh, event, which is the uh, third Crisis event, and it is called Eclipse. It is a very interesting mode where essentially there's no power, and you have to go through in the darkness with just your flashlight, fighting all of those creatures, and uh, working as a team to essentially get to a generator, turn on the generator, but in doing so, it essentially aggravates the mobs. So a lot of uh, fun stuff there to look forward to. And also, uh, Call of Duty is uh, announced that the Modern Warfare 2 betas are coming up very, very soon. So for those of you that don't know, uh, they recently completed a um, tournament event that they do for their Call of Duty League. And it was announced that, obviously, no surprise, they're going to be doing a beta for the upcoming Modern Warfare 2. And, of course, it will be a time beta that is going to be available only for certain days, and it is going to be available on certain platforms, depending on, um, obviously, various factors. Like, so, for example, they have an agreement with um, Sony, so the PlayStation 4 and 5 beta is going to take place before the Xbox and the um, PC beta. And of course, you'll have the one. They'll have a mode where um, the people who pre-ordered the game get first crack at it, and then of course the folks who um, uh, just 
aren't sure yet or haven't pre-ordered it are going to get a chance to play it, but they're going to have to go and uh, wait until uh, the open beta dates. So the uh, you know dates vary, for, as I said, for a lot of people. You're going to want to go online and check that out, but um, it looks very interesting, and I'm very curious to see how many modes they are going to uh, make available for people because it always is very interesting to see what they do make available. So really quickly, if you are a PlayStation Early Access uh, player, you will have access to it on September 16th through the 17th. It will be open to the entire PlayStation base September 18th through the 20th. If you are a pre-order on one of the other platforms, Xbox, Battle.net, Steam, uh, so on and so forth, uh, September 22nd through the 23rd, and September 24th to the, through the 26th, open for everybody. So looking forward to seeing, um, you know, how that is going to play out, and um, it'll be really, really interesting to see what it looks like and what the reception is. So moving along really quickly, wanted to uh, mention as well, we got a lot of news from Knott's Berry Farm this week, and I was really excited about this, and hopefully... Uh, Michael and Justin, you guys will get a chance to check this out because it is really, really some exciting stuff. So uh, recapping it, the we were told this might happen this year uh, and that, you know, there was some talk about they might be closed for a bit or parts of the hotel, but the Knott's Berry Farm Hotel has announced major renovations, so we're really excited about this. Now, it's going to be a multi-million dollar investment, and best of all, they said the hotel is going to remain open while they're doing this, which is great for us because that has become one of our default uh, places to stay uh, by choice, of course. We really enjoy it. Uh, what they're going to do is they're going to have a theme to it centered around the park's founders, Walter and Cordelia Knotts. That'll talk about the comfort of the place, the hospitality, as well as contemporary design. They say every aspect of the hotel will be transformed from the common areas uh, like the lobby and the pool conference rooms and a new outdoor banquet venue uh, is going to be designed to um, essentially for the corporate and leisure groups alike. And I'm really curious about this. This is the first time we personally covered Not Scary Farm. We had a reception upstairs in the banquet room. Subsequent ones have been in the park in Fiesta Village. I know in some years prior, people did that uh, elsewhere. They will also have a complete transformation of all 322 rooms, and the new rooms will feature a stylish, as they call it, a country chic interior, updated family-sized rooms uh, that will accommodate up to six. Some rooms will have kitchenette, mini fridges, um, you know, a lot of stuff there. And then, of course, as I, I mentioned, conference rooms, ballrooms, the restaurant will all get a transformation. Lots of stuff going on, and there will be plenty more. So I'm really, really excited to uh, see and hear that um, and hear what they have in mind. So that'll be really, really awesome. And then, of course, this is not the only thing. They are doing a complete remake update of Fiesta Village, which will open in 2023, which will essentially... Uh, introduce Montezuma's Revenge, the new version, which is going to be Montezuma 2, uh, that is going to have uh, a new ride experience. It's going to have some variable story element to it, and there'll be all sorts of amenities. You can see the video on our YouTube channel 
but it looks really cool and a lot of people are really excited to see uh, what they've got in store for next year. Alright guys, so we have QuakeCon coming up. It's going to start on August 18th. Wanted to mention really quick, uh, we saw these at San Diego Comic Con, but there are Skyrim tarot cards available now. We just got a set of those the other day, so for those who are really uh, interested in playing that, blending Skyrim and uh, tarot, that's definitely something to check out. So we have QuakeCon coming up, as I said. It's going to be virtual this year. Um, we are going to be doing a lot of um, coverage of this, but we'll start off with you, Michael. What are you expecting from QuakeCon this year? Wow, this is one of those things where um, there's always been, I think, some speculation if Microsoft, since the acquisition of Bethesda, was going to start consolidating some of their shows. Um, but QuakeCon's always been one of those interesting ones where, yeah, I mean, it is an opportunity for Bethesda to announce some newer titles, maybe show off some additional titles. Uh, but it's always been kind of focused a lot around you know, the eSports stuff, a lot of the, the Quake-related news, Doom-related news, that sort of thing. Um, the fact that it's, it's virtual this year, it makes me wonder um, what, the, what the, the plans are going forward um, with, again, with all these different shows as a whole, because again, it used to be that um, Bethesda's own shows, QuakeCon in particular, gave them an opportunity to kind of show off um, what they hadn't shown off at E3 or Gamescom or other events. Uh, but that's no, not always been the major focus of this particular show. So I, I am pretty interested to see if we're going to see anything new about potentially um, any new news on the Doom front. Um, again, it, we're kind of getting, I think, to a point where, where we're almost... Uh, Getting, getting to a point where maybe, maybe a new Doom will be announced or some additional DLC uh, or, or something along those lines. Uh, you know, so it's it'll be interesting to see if we get much news out of this or if there's you know a lot of focus on on just you know enjoy, exploring the games and and celebrating those titles that have we've kind of come to know and love with Doom and Quake over the years. Exactly, and you know it's interesting because the schedule is out and there's obviously. A lot of stuff going on but before i get into that justin what are you uh, expecting out of this yeah so i think michael makes some really good points there that uh you know i just wanted to kind of uh, add to it that a lot of times uh, bethesda usually doesn't have a ton like they don't have a lot of huge announcements uh for quakecon just because of the timing because quakecon comes a little bit later in the year usually the biggest announcements are around the e3 you know june time frame when they usually have some kind of showcase uh, you know either at e3 or around e3 and uh so you kind of look at what bethesda has and we could maybe see some starfield you know maybe a new trailer or some gameplay um but quakecon does tend to be a you know a pretty um you know tournament heavy event um there is oftentimes um some big announcements for as far as what it is working on and that's really what i'm interested in uh, you know, Doom Eternal was, was fantastic. What what has it been working on since then? I honestly kind of hope it's not Doom-related. I, I mean, I love Doom. Uh, the new Doom games have been great, but uh, I would really like to see, um, a, uh, you know, another Quake title. Maybe, um, you know, the first Quake getting the same treatment that Doom 2016 got. Or, um, or even, you know, Quake 2 slash Quake 4. Like, if they had, a you know, another sequel with the Strog. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, given that it's virtual, that sort of 
implies to me that there really isn't any major announcements planned. Uh, I would think that if they're going to have a big game announcement that they would probably, you know, rent out a, um, a theater or something, some kind of uh, showcase event, um, kind of like they usually do. It'd be kind of, um, it'd be kind of odd to do it in a, in a completely virtual way. Um, so my guess is I'm, I'm hoping to see something new as far as what it is working on, but, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not holding my breath for it. Well, I know some of the things that, uh, we can expect. I mean, obviously, you know, you can kind of get an idea of what's going on and what to look at by their schedule. And, uh, it does seem like there's a lot of stuff, but there also seems to be a lot of social uh, things as well as are obviously tournaments and for people that are looking just for news as you said this may not be um, the places you're going to get big reveals but on top of that I think we can all agree that we're going to probably see something on Starfield we're probably going to get something on Redfall we already know we're going to get something on the big expansion coming for Fallout 76 and then from there, you go down the list and go, well, okay, are we going to get something for Deathloop? Are we going to get, you know, Prey, you mentioned Doom, is there something for Quake coming, Ghostwire Tokyo, some of the recent releases? And that's going to be the big thing. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm leaving out Elder Scrolls, uh, which obviously shouldn't be left out because there'll be a lot of stuff to uh, discuss and talk about. But, you know, it, again, it is such an interesting thing because... With some of these games having their own dedicated panel, I do find it interesting. Like, for example, they open up, they got a welcome to QuakeCon. Okay, that's expected. Bringing Redfall to life with Arcane Austin. And this is just the Thursday stuff. Then you have something on the Elder Scrolls and Tamriel. And, you know, sounds great. And then you get to the weekend, and then you start seeing some of the other shows that are coming and the time set are coming and of course you know justin they're going to have stuff on twitch they're going to have stuff on discord they're going to be on multiple channels so it's going to be really interesting just to see um you know what exactly is revealed because as you said don't expect a big reveal but at the same time you know there's this big question of well they had their opportunity during the Microsoft showcase and made a lot of big reveals. Um, they even included a second day uh, to add on some more content. So obviously, are we just going to get deeper dives or are they going to uh, give us something new that they've been holding off? So again, big questions uh, remain, but it will be nice to see what they have. And that is going to start uh, this week on August 18th. Now, uh, before we know it, we flip the page, and it is going to be August 23rd, and we have Gamescom coming up, which is going to be in person for the first time in years, as well as uh, online. We're going to have the big um, opening night event, which is going to, uh, you know, Jeff Keighley once again is going to host it. We're going to get a lot of stuff um, shown and revealed. So, uh, Justin, what do you think? Are we going to get, uh, what kind of reveals do you think we're going to get, or do you think it's just going to be deeper looks at already announced games? That That is always the difficult thing about predicting Gamescom, because, you know, E3 was always very reliable in terms of 
um, you know you're going to get a lot of big reveals. Uh, now, the scale of it is always, always a question, but Gamescom um, has always been kind of a wild card. So some years, Gamescom is kind of like a big deal, uh, and there's a lot of big stuff there, and then other years, there's like basically nothing. And it, it really comes down to timing, I think. So uh, again, kind of going back to what I was talking about with QuakeCon, it comes a little bit later in the year. Um, so I guess it's possible just because it seemed like this E3 season was relatively light. Um, we obviously didn't really have E3, uh, but we really didn't even get like a Nintendo showcase, which they usually do at the same time as E3. Um, you know, we really didn't get a major Sony showcase as far as I remember. Um, so it really seems like to me that there's a lot of opportunity to show off um, some games that are in the works, um, that, uh, you know, maybe we haven't really seen, um, before. So, uh, and I'm also thinking along the lines of, you know, what, what games are coming out, you know, towards the end of the year that we really haven't seen a lot of gameplay for. So like Callisto Protocol, for instance, um, you know, is, is kind of one example, or even the Dead Space game or remake, which is supposed to come out, um, I think within a year uh so i think there's Dead a space is february as of now yeah and we haven't and we haven't seen it so i and i you know and a lot of japanese companies also tend to use gamescom um so you know i think we could maybe see some some of the resident evil 4 remake potentially because uh, that's also you know on, on the radar and we've only seen glimpses of it so i think there there is a chance but i do uh, put that a caveat on that that Gamescom is a bit of a wild card in terms of how much is actually announced there yeah I mean, very good points just uh, Michael what do you have yeah so you know Gamescom is as Justin says always been one of those kind of wild cards because we've seen some amazing announcements come out of that before and I think it was really kind of hitting its stride right before the pandemic kind of when E3 was also doing what what E3 was kind of doing for the U.S. markets was Gamescom was doing for the European markets, and it's always been one of those things where it's it's focused on where E3 is more focused on gaming. Gamescom's always been more focused on the game experience, so things like you know there are more cosplay type stuff that we typically hear about going on at Gamescom. It's more of a celebration of gaming as a, as a medium as a whole versus just simply game announcements. Um, you know that sort of thing so it's going to be interesting to see how this year's you know um, stands up again it, it's a i think it's like a five-day show so it's a fairly long show um it usually gets uh, you know quite a bit of uh, attendance uh from across uh, the world really a lot of european um companies and individuals obviously but we also see a lot of um uh, people from all over the country and all over the world that are in attendance you know, to, to Justin's point, I agree. You know, close to protocol, I, I definitely would like to see more of that. Um, the Dead Space game again. We hear we hear a lot about it, um, sort of. You know, we know we know it's coming. We know there's a lot of excitement around it. We, we've heard about it, but there hasn't really been much that we've seen. Um, again, Resident Evil Four is one I think that I'm, I'm pretty excited to see as well. So I think it's a lot of stuff that we've heard of. I think you know, now that the Starfield being delayed. I, I'm hoping we'll see some more uh, gameplay of that, you know, how things are progressing. Uh, and without having an E3 or something to compare.
compared to, there's a potential that there's a lot going to be a lot more showcase just because it's a good opportunity to do that. Um, but again, it's um, always been, you know, there are years where it's huge and all the huge um, announcements come from there. And then there's been other years, particularly um, pandemic related, where things have been um, muted or just didn't occur. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, what they do announce. Again, I don't know that we'll see anything new, any new, anything we're not aware of. But I do hope we see a lot of a uh, lot more, you know, a lot more video and screenplay and gameplay and that sort of thing uh, over the of uh, what's coming out, to, you know, towards the, the holiday season or maybe early, you know, January, February, just some stuff to get excited about. Um, again, anytime we have these kinds of shows, it's exciting to kind of see things get back to normal, quote-unquote normal, uh, and again, Gamescom, it does tend to, you know, bring out a lot of the the other facets of um, the game industry that aren't just simply trailers, gameplay footage, announcements, that sort of thing, so it, it's always a pretty interesting thing to, to keep an eye on and to watch. Yeah, it's, it is going to be interesting, because the Gamescom organizers have said around 250 companies have signed up on the showroom floor, and there have been, uh, you know, Reports that Warner Brothers, Sega, 505 Games, 2K Games are going to be there. Ubisoft is going to be there. But, of course, you know, there's the whole thing about Sony and Nintendo. Uh, we've heard rumors that, obviously, they're not going to be in attendance, in attendance, but I've heard some people say, well, it's going to be kind of like when we covered E3. Remember that last year, Michael, where Activision was there, but they weren't there, as in they were upstairs for invite meetings and closed-door sessions, but they didn't have a booth or a presence on the floor. So we've heard a rumor that that may be what Sony is going to do. But of course, now the rumors are coming out, like now some are saying, well, Xbox might be there and Microsoft. And, you know, with the whole situation with uh, Blizzard and um, Activision, you know, maybe I, I, you know, for example, people are saying, I can't see them missing a opportunity to promote the next Modern Warfare game here, but, you know, who knows? That's always a different uh, thing. And, of course, everybody is also um, talking about, well, you know, what are they going to do? And one of the things that they're doing to try to keep the safety measures in place is have wider aisleways. They're going to have limited ticket allotments, so on and so forth. But they also have said they're going to be doing the cosplay Indian retro games. And I think... The big thing that people are kind of waiting and seeing is, is this going to turn into mostly, like you said, just a deeper look at games that we already know about, and then a bunch of indies that we don't really know about getting their chance to make an announcement, or are we going to see some major news dropped? And that, of course, leads us, um, uh, let's see. What we're also looking at now is right after that, because they're all lining up, PAX West, September 2nd, and we have um, people on place to do that. I'm not going to be uh, going up to Seattle to cover it just because the schedule for September is too crazy with uh, D23 Expo, Disney's Halloween, that sort of thing. And then, of course, to be very honest, it is a lack of um, major companies. You know, again, we're not seeing anything from Sony. We're not seeing anything from Bethesda and the big boys. I, you know, the people that we do have assigned have said it has been pretty, their words, light on uh, the, the uh, content that is being offered for interviews. They aren't really seeing anything 
overly exciting. That could change, you know, on a dime because it could be a simple case of people are waiting to make announcements at uh, Gamescom for QuakeCon and then announce. But so far, they're saying it looks like it's pretty heavy on a lot of indies and smaller games. We saw the vendor list for uh, PAX West, and while it did seem to be a little more uh, comprehensive than what PAX East had, it still does not equal what a pre-COVID uh, show would detail. So uh, off the top of your head, we'll ask Michael first. You Are you expecting more from Gamescom or PAX? I would say a lot more from Gamescom. I, Gamescom's going to have a lot more media focus, a lot more um, developer attendance. Um, it is essentially the E3 of Europe. Um, for the most part, I, I think PAX has kind of, again, and I think this was always kind of the point of PAX. PAX has always been to kind of start to showcase more of the indie type scene, um, bring attention to those games. And when I say indie, I don't necessarily mean a five person development team. I just mean, you know, developers that are not necessarily AAA or, or showing off their AAA title. Um, whereas Gamescom tends to be more about. AAA showings, um, and obviously it does, you know, as we discussed, you know, earlier, it, it is about all things games, so yes, there are indie folks there, there are going to be um, showcases for a lot of the, the smaller development companies, but I think from an attendance perspective, just looking at the developers and attendance for, um, and the production companies in, in, for Gamescom versus uh, PAX, I just, I don't think it's going to be any comparison, I think there will be a lot larger turnout for um, Gamescom, I think there will be a lot more showcases at Gamescom. Now, what we might see is some stuff that's announced at Gamescom or that is showcased at Gamescom that spills over into PAX where we see um, maybe some additional footage, maybe there's some additional announcements or, or discussions about it. But all in all, um, I, I just don't think there's a comparison between the two. Gamescom, again, is, I think it is a much, much larger um, event. Uh, again, it's like comparing E3 to PAX. Yes, there's always going to be some spillover, but but generally speaking, um, I think that the uh, the focus for anything new or exciting is going to come out of Gamescom first, with potentially some additional information followed up on the PAX side once we get there. Absolutely, Justin, your take, please. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, I think one of the things that that ends up, um, you know, making this a, a just even a question is that there have been paxes in the past that have been fairly big um but it's i think it's relatively rare especially compared to gamescom now i was mentioning earlier uh that gamescom does tend to be a wild card some of them are big some of them are pretty small but they're almost oh even the small gamescoms tend to be uh uh heavier on announcements and and showcases and uh showing off you know uh, upcoming games than than packs um, to uh, Michael's point, PAX is, you know, PAX wasn't really, I don't think, ever intended to be a competitor to E3 or Gamescom. I think it was always meant to be more of like, you know, for the fans, you know, get people together who are, you know, like-minded in their hobbies. And, you know, there's a lot of tabletop gaming there. There's a lot, um, you know, kind of like the mid-level, um, I don't want to, I, I guess that's the wrong term for it, but you're not going to see a lot of triple a titles there um with with huge budgets um you you will uh, oftentimes at paxes see um you know uh things from smaller studios so 
uh, it definitely to Michael's point, um, you know, not necessarily like an indie title that has a development team of like under 10, but you, you'll oftentimes you'll see games showed off that have a, you know, a pretty, pretty decent, um, a studio backing, but they're just not quite the, the, the AAA, um, you know, thing that you would expect from like, uh, from Microsoft, Sony or Capcom or, 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 uh, or, uh, um, studios like that. So I definitely think that Gamescom, the bet is Gamescom is going to be a bigger show. Yeah, and it is definitely one to keep an eye on, like, to give you an example. Um, when we would go up on a regular basis to cover packs, obviously pre-COVID, uh, you could pretty much guarantee Sony was there, Microsoft was there, Nintendo was there. And as, um, you know, th this was a grand time because there was a specific window on the very first day for press to get in before the general public came in. And this was something we would always make our first stop at Sony because at E3, it was very crazy. While you could go by and see what they had, you could see their showcase. This was our time to basically have up to an hour to just basically see what they had, play them without having to wait in ridiculous lines, and then go off to the other things that we had appointments and stuff for. So this was a really big deal. And I remember the last time we were there, they were there showing off Predator Hunting Grounds. We walked right in, very elaborate display. Um, you know, we got down, got to play it. They were like, yeah, take some video, enjoy yourself, have a, have a good time. And, you know, we got to look at things. And so that was a really big thing. And that had become a tradition as far back as we can remember covering, uh, you know, packs, which is going on, boy, 15, years now at this point and uh you know we sent people to cover pax east and i'm looking over the uh folks at um that are confirmed and like i said there are a lot of companies but i'm talking the people that immediately stand out so amd is going to be there uh gigabyte's going to be there apogee smaller publisher but they have uh got some interesting looking titles coming out so you're saying fine uh, Audio Technica, the people who do the microphones and the headphones, usually Michael, as we know, we see them at CES. Uh, but, you know, obviously, let's let focus on games. So Bandai Nameco is going to be there. You can say that's good. Uh, ben Q is going to be there showing off, you know, monitors. Again, a little nice to see some hardware. But, of course, people are there to see the games. And that's where it starts to get interesting. You know, Devolver is going to be there. Uh, smaller, but a, definitely an interesting company. But as you start flooding through it, you're like, okay, you know, we're seeing some RPG uh, desktop gaming companies. That's always been a big part of PAX. But as you start rolling through it, okay, Intel, that's great. But, you know, again, that's hardware related. And you, you don't see the, uh, you know, traditional powerhouses. Nintendo is going to be there which is great. I'm sure that's going to be very popular because people are going to look to see them. Um, you know, also not entirely a shock considering Nintendo does have an office, uh, big compound in Washington. So, you know, that helps. Sega's going to be there. So, you know, again, that's uh, at least a name people know about and they're excited over. But as you go through the remaining list, you know, again, the big question is, I'm not seeing Sony, I'm not seeing Microsoft, I'm not seeing Bethesda, I'm not seeing um, some of the other powerhouses, you know, Tripwire is there, they have had some very interesting games lately, like 
uh, Maneater and so on and so forth. But again, you know, not seeing Warner Brothers, not seeing this. So it'll be interesting to see if anything big comes out of it. I know PAX East at first looked like it was going to be pretty light, not seeing anything from 2K, not seeing anything from Ubisoft. Um, so, you know, and again, I think it could be timing. There was a time when they would uh, absolutely go off to uh, the show in Europe and then immediately at Gamescom and then immediately head over to um, get ready for PAX. We're not seeing that, but who knows? So a lot of interesting stuff. I think this time next week we're going to have some interesting stuff to talk about because we will have uh, the QuakeCon news uh, to discuss. We'll also hopefully have some more previews from Gamescom and see what news is coming out in the week ahead. But folks, uh, it's going to be an interesting ride, so buckle up and let's uh, hope for some really exciting news. Until then, stay safe, take care, and we'll talk to you next week.